Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Kiwi, this is what it's all about, right? This is this, this is, is what it. we've been right. This is it. This is we've this landed. Is we've landed, yeah. and we've got two yeah. games in in the books already. We're going to look back before we look forward, but before we do, you've been in this situation before. Mm-hmm. Kind of share with our listeners out there. You know, what's the mindset? What's the vibe? What are you know? It's, it's a whole different animal now when you get to the postseason. So what's the mentality of a lot of these players right now, Kiwi? Yeah, I always look at it from two different perspectives. You know, the first time we won a Super Bowl and then um, the second time. You know, the first time I was a young player, you know, didn't quite know what to expect or understand, um, you know, about playoff football. But, you know, you just – there's a different level of intensity and everybody is, is pouring their effort into it so, so it's easy to get in line. Um, the second time, you know, as a more seasoned player, as a veteran, you know, you're just concerned with making sure that everybody is doing everything that they need to do. So it's just that, you know, that hyper sense of awareness, that um, sense of accomplishment, achievement as a group, like people start believing in themselves. And, and it's a great time uh, for these players in these locker rooms. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Uh, we're, we'll obviously spend a lot of time in the next three hours getting you ready for the Giants-Minnesota Vikings game. We'll have our phone lines open, 800-919-3776. Jordan Renan is going to join us in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Um, I'm sure that he's there in Minnesota with the team. We'll also hear from Rich Samini this hour in, in less than 30 minutes, an update with what's going on with the Jets. As we know, they fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Lafleur. So we'll find out from, uh, from Rich exactly what the game plan is moving forward this offseason with the Jets. Uh, but before we do all that, by the way, this portion of game day, Brought to you by Sloman, Sloman Home Security, celebrating their 100th year anniversary. Uh, call 1-800-ALARM-ME to protect your home and, of course, your family. Um, also, uh, let's, let's, let's look back before we look forward, Kiwi, okay? And as we know, the 49ers, they won 41-23 to against the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think a big surprise here. They were favored by 9.5. Obviously, we were expecting them to win. Uh, but I, I want to say the big story here is Brock Purdy. Right. Mm -hmm. 332 yards, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown Mm -hmm. for a a young man who 31 teams passed up on him seven times Mm -hmm. for him to come in. I mean, there's some talk right now, and and I've already put money down on it, by the way, full disclosure, that Brock Purdy could win the Super Bowl MVP if the 49ers (laughs) make it that far. And, you know, so I I mean, you know, I, I get hit and miss when it comes to the draft. But but this takes the cake, Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, he's surrounded by a great cast, a great supporting team, but he's been able to do something that, you know, hasn't been done. You know, a first-year quarterback coming in and winning a playoff game is obviously significant. Um, I think, like, the, the poise that he has and, like, watching him, you know, go through a slump, a slump there, like, you know, uh, end of the first half and then to come back up the other side that takes a lot of growth and a lot of maturity for for players so i think um it's it's a great story of perseverance and it, you know it should be something that's highlighted for you know children who are watching sports and that's one of the great the great lessons of sports is you know continue continue keep fighting keep going keep pushing and you know opportunities will present themselves and if you're ready you'll be ready so and you know i i do want to spend a, a minute talking about you said the first thing you said was he is, he is surrounded by really good talent. And you're absolutely right, right? Christian McCaffrey can do it on the ground and in the air. 119 rushing yards yesterday um, and uh, 17 receiving yards and scored a receiving touchdown. 
Debo Samuel was a beast, 32 yards on the ground, but 133 receiving yards and scored a touchdown. George Kittle, who would be an absolute stud on somebody else's team, only got two targets, 37 yards, didn't score a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions for 73. Like, it's just, and Elijah Mitchell would be an absolute stud running back on somebody else's roster. But, of course, he's in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. He carried the ball twice for 27, 25 yards and scored a touchdown. It's, it's, you know, I try, you know, when we are, we as a football community, I don't know what we want to call ourselves. We are, we are so fast to judge, mm-hmm. right, quarterbacks. And I think sometimes we give some quarterbacks too much credit based on the system that they're in and the talent that they've had That's or, fair. or, or the division <clears throat> that they have played in their entire lives. <clears throat> i.e. Brady, uh, and it still continues today. Um, and um, and then I think we criticize too much quarterbacks who don't do well when they're playing with, as I like to call it, chicken poop, right? Like, yeah. like let's look at Daniel Jones, for example. I think Daniel, what, 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 what is more so uber impressive to me in re- regard to Daniel Jones is that he's still playing with chicken poop. All due respect to Slayton and Hodgins and, and, and Richie James and Bellinger and, but he's 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 making chicken salad with with walnuts and grapes in it. I, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's he's he has really turned it around. But a, a, another reason, not so much just the talent, but the scheme and the offensive coordinator and the head coach Brian Dable, who's put together a game plan for specifically for Daniel Jones to thrive. And so I, I you know I just I don't think enough is I, I think we immediately quickly judge quarterbacks high and low mm-hmm. when when you know we don't really take a really good look like do we really think Brock Purdy would have these type of numbers on let's say I don't know the Houston Texans team no I don't no. I don't right yeah no absolutely I think we we're definitely quick to judge quarterbacks I think it's it's a relatively new thing you know the last you know uh you know 10 15 years but um you know, it's because there there is a lot riding on their performance in the game. You know, even as a defensive player, you know, it's it's hard to admit it. You know, but it's like, you know, the the quarterback is such a, a pivotal position, um, and you know, and there are good storylines this year, especially coming out of it, and and things that you know everybody can key in on. So, um, you know, it's it's something where we we are going to have to have some patience and and give some people some you know some extra time to mature and and see what they can do. Uh, the second game. Not sure if you 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 went to sleep. Hopefully you didn't. No, uh, the, the 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 Chargers were up twenty seven to seven at the half. Came out only put with Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, okay, Keenan Allen, only put up three points in the second half. Staley's got to be gone today. I'm sorry. This has got to be one of the biggest. Like it's got to break at some point in time this afternoon. And I'm telling you. Kiwi, I'm hearing that Sean Payton wants the job. Who wouldn't want to get their hands on Justin Herbert? I mean, come on. Meanwhile, Jacksonville, they come out in the second half. They put up 24 points. The big key to the game to me was when uh, Bosa banged his helmet on on the floor, gave Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, who's got got some chutzpah, uh, among other things I would mention, but it's a family show, goes for two. And they get it. So all they needed was a field goal to win, not tie. Thank you, Bosa. 
So here Jacksonville wins 31 to 30. Your thoughts on this game? I mean, if you're Bosa, you got to be sick right now, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not – he had a valid point. You know, was he offsides or, or not? You know, I, I looked at it like it, it's a questionable call. Um, but you've got to be able to control your emotions. You've got to be able to, to, to make sure that you don't do the thing that costs your team the game. You know, obviously there's a lot of plays that, that could have been made, but, you know, to see something like that happen, that, that's that's difficult. But on the, the positive side for, for Jacksonville, I thought that, you know um, – you know, coming into this game, you know, there's a lot circulating. They were they weren't just happy to be in the playoffs. You know, they were a team that came in there with their own set of expect expectations, uh, regardless of what the public thought. Quick break. We come back, Ira. I know you want to jump in and uh, you have some some opinions about this Jacksonville Chargers game. Uh, when we get back as well, Matthias and I were going to start previewing the Giants Vikings game. I love the Giants today. I don't know if that scares you or if that scares people. I don't know. I just, I love the Giants today. We get back, I'll tell you all the reasons why. Okay? And we'll open up the phone lines. What do, what do you say? 800-919-3776. Giants fans, we want to hear from you. How, how do you feel about this Giants matchup today? Heading back to Minnesota. They were there just a few weeks ago. Should have won, in my opinion. As we know, they lost 27-24 to on a 61-yard field goal. Oh, my goodness gracious. So we'll dive into all that next. 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. You know, this whole game is going to be about punches and counter punches. And uh, I think you have to continue to change the looks up. But make no mistake about it, number eight needs to be hit because, you know, that changes the game. And, and you know, that that's going to be one of our goals. <laughs> you got to love hearing that, Kiwi, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> number eight's got to get hit. They hit him. They hit him. Uh, four, well, they hit him a lot, but they sacked him four times last game. Um, by the way, Thibodeau, anytime sack plus 175, you can guarantee I'm already on that bad boy. That's for sure. Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka, Anita Marks, and you. It is New York game day. Before we start doing our dive into this Giants-Vikings uh, matchup, let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, welcome in. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I tell you, you know, last night, that game last night, that was the most intriguing game I had for the weekend. Uh, just across to the two young quarterbacks. And I'll tell you, at halftime, I never thought this was, that was going to go down. I went to sleep. I, went, I woke up to go work out this morning. 
and I looked at the highlights, I couldn't believe my eyes. And you know what? What does that tell you about Trevor Lawrence? For a young rookie quarterback in his first playoff game ever, and only his second year, to have a horrendous four-interception first half, talk about a short memory. And he came out, and I'll tell you, you got to give Doug Peterson credit. I know Giant fans don't want to hear that. I know Jets fans don't want to hear that because the Jets almost hired him. But at the end of the day, Jags earned what they got, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the next round. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, man, five years from now, I, I can't imagine how good this guy's going to be. Yeah, solid call, Ira. I, listen, I and, and thanks for the call, Ira. Enjoy the games today. I, I like Doug Peterson. Dude called a Philly special to yep. help win the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> win the Super Bowl. I mean – I, I like the dude. From what I understand, Absolutely. you know, things went foul between him and Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and, and that's what kind of ruined that marriage with that franchise. And listen, I'm someone, the common denominator, wherever Carson Wentz goes, no bueno. It's not good. So I'm, 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 all, I'm team Doug Peterson. That's for sure. Let's go to Brian. Brian, welcome in. Good morning. Hey, Nina, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, I want to just ask you about the 49ers. Can Brock Birdie win it all? At, at this point, Brian, what makes you think he can? I mean, and, and thank you. Thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. Uh, Kiwi and I were just talking about it, right? Like, like young man is playing footloose and fancy free. No, here's another thing. And, and I, I agree or disagree with me with this, Kiwi. When you're drafted last overall, there's no pressure there. There's no pressure. You're Mr. Yeah. Irrelevant. You're not supposed to be here. You're on borrowed time. This is like, yeah. this, is a st- this is a storybook in, in the making, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. when you're playing you know, with, with house money, basically, you know, there's <laughs> not a lot of expectations put on mm-hmm. you. you know, it's, it's easier to just go out there and, and play free and, yep. and play with the, the mindset that, hey, listen, I'm just going to go out there and give it my best. And so we'll see, you know, Brock Pur- Purdy, if he can transition and become, you know, an every game quarterback um, pretty soon. But for right now, what his team is asking him to do, he has accomplished. There, there was a time there, you know, before the end of the second half where he struggled a little bit. They came out, they ran the ball, got him comfortable, and then he was able to come back. So, you know, the the structure of this team is not that they have to rely on him, but he's also performing at a very high level when they're asking him uh, to, to do certain things. So I think absolutely it's a great story. Um, can he win? I think, you know, that team is going to win. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. That's for sure. All right. Uh, now let's focus on what's going on in our own backyard. And that's the Giants in Minnesota taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota's favored by three. The over-under is 48. We just heard from Wink Martindale, who was on uh, Bart and Han earlier this week, talking about the key is getting after Kirk Cousins. And that is true on the defensive side of the ball. Um you know, and, and, and I had Jordan Renan. I know we're going to have Jordan Renan on in, in our, our 9 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. But he was on a digital show with me on ESPN, ESPN Plus earlier this week, and he was talking about how the, the, front, the front seven, okay, yep. the, the defensive players in the front seven have only, health-wise, have only played 60 snaps together mm-hmm. this season. And they are all coming in healthy in this in this game in this matchup, which I think is which I think is huge. They used the last week as a bye week, pretty much didn't play their starters against Philadelphia, kept that game competitive, which I found really impressive. But nonetheless, what you know with your your 
expertise and of your experience, Kiwi, to have everybody healthy and ready to go at this time of the year, that's a gift. At the at the right time, that that mm-hmm. speaks to um, you know coaching. That speaks to, speaks to you know the foresight of you know, the organization saying, hey, listen, we need to get everybody primed and ready to go. And that's that's something that you see with experienced teams. That they've already been through the situation. They understand, okay, like how to rehab, when to push a certain person or, or when to back off, when can we accept, um, you know, the risk of going out there without, you know, Ojolari, for example, you know, across from Thibodeau. And so it's really this is the time, you know, and, and it's really good to see them starting to get healthy and starting to click, you know, believing and buying in at this point in time, because this is where you need everybody to be healthy, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, because we all know, like, you know, if you can hit the quarterback, it changes everybody's mindset. It changes everybody's plans. And these are winner take all, like, you know, one and done games. So you, you can throw everything you have out there. That's the difficulty I have, especially when you're watching the, the end of the regular season and, you know, you're, you're trying to speculate it's like you know the, there's a different game that's going in there you know you don't want to show everything that you have there are blitzes and, and packages you've been working on um you know in my experience from a defensive standpoint that you don't want to put out there on film you know towards the, the later end of the season because that's something that you want to save for the playoffs well okay well now the playoffs have come it's time to you know unlock that that, that secret black box over there and give us the best possible you know plays to put us in the situations to you know come out like asante samuel three picks and you know in a, in a game asante samuel jr um and to and to just go for it you know like that's this is fun this is this is where all that that work all that had grinding during the season during that lull of the season you know when you're just trying to get to the bye week and and then you finally you finally come out of it this is where it all pays off man and i I just i'm still i'm still shocked and amazed with this jacksonville win over the chargers last night one last question to you before we take a break and rich samini is going to join us next for all you jets fans want to uh, find out what's going to happen in this offseason, where are they at right now after firing their OC. But as a defensive player, QE, right, um, you go out like Asante Samuel Jr., and I knew his dad, um, but you go out and you, um, and you have four interceptions, right, as a team, and you still lose. You're, 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 you're told your entire life one of the biggest keys of a win and a loss is Perfect. winning the turnover battle, and you won it. But you still lost because your offense only put up three points in the second half. That's, a very that's explosive. What, that's got to be so frustrating, right? It's frustrating, but that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the playoffs. That's the experience that older players bring to the game. Like, listen, you can do everything right as you know as a as a defense or as an offense but everybody has to do their job you know i remember you know being a young guy and seeing like you know sam uh, mad mad dog madison and and like you know, rw mccorders and all these guys where i'm like listen like, like that <laughs> that one play on punt could be the difference between us going home or you know or, or advancing in the playoffs like walking around policing everybody and that's that's what you know in my opinion that's why i always keep going back to oh they need some veterans in the locker room they need some this they need some that because yeah at, you know, the second time we won a Super Bowl, I, I was a veteran. I understood, understood what was going on. But that first time, and I understand that there are a lot of guys who just don't quite get how intense playoff football is, how intense that one guy who's lining up across from you on punt return might be, you know, only keyed in on you. So you have to be 100% focused, but it takes the entire team. And, and when it does happen, oof, it's just fun. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so where it stands right now in the AFC, the Jags winning. Now they advance as the fourth seed. More than likely, we'll have to travel to Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. If you anticipate the Bills to win 
and the Bengals to win. Uh, chances are they will uh, will they will be the second game. If of course both of those advance. And by the way, that game is going to be played in Atlanta because of what happened uh, with the game cancellation because of Hamlin. So just FYI, that game would be played in Atlanta. As for the 49ers, they advance. Um, if the Giants win, they head to Philadelphia and they take on the Eagles. And the winner of the Cowboys and Bucks game will then head to Santa Clara to take on the 49ers in the second round of the playoffs. So that's how the wild card uh, situation uh, picture looks right now. Quick break. We come back. Rich Samini will join us next. We'll get an update from him in regard to what, uh, what, what has happened this week, even though, of course, we're not talking about the Jets in the postseason. Could have been, should have been, but we're not. And uh, so we'll have Rich Samini on. Ryan, I see you want to jump in on the Giants and their rushing attack. Hang tight. We'll get to your call as well. You're listening to New York Game Day here. Anita Marks, Matthias, Kiwanuka, and you on 90.7 ESPN. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Over the course of the few days, just got a lot of inquiries about his availability from some teams and just talking with Mike, just felt like it would be in everyone's best interest for him to pursue those opportunities. So he's going to be fine. Robert Solid talking about Mike LaFleur being let go as the Jets' offensive coordinator. Uh, Rich Samini, who does a phenomenal job covering the Jets, joining us as he does each and every Sunday morning here on New York Game Day. He's got his own podcast, Flight Deck, hopefully uh, you tune into it each and every week as well. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Good morning, Anita. It feels weird not having a game to cover today. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of yeah. like I, I, I tell people like this time of year, it's like it's bittersweet, right? Like I'm really excited because it's playoff action football. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like season is almost over. So um, but with that being said, uh, still no no lack of news. That's for sure. We just heard uh, Robert Sala talk about uh, them letting Lafleur go. I hear with McVeigh staying in L.A. Chances are, you know, as we know, McVeigh, the Lafleur brothers, Kyle Shanahan, that that they they have their own fraternity. Those dudes. I'm hearing that he's going back out to the left coast and will be a part of McVeigh's. Uh, cast of characters that he has over there, but nonetheless, more importantly, why the decision was made, and uh, and 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 who, what names are out there to potentially bring in? Well, I absolutely think um, you're right about that. I was told that uh, he could, uh, you know, very well end up with the Rams. I think there are other teams also uh, looking at uh, Mike Lafleur, so I would keep an eye on D'Amico Ryan, the. Um, San Francisco uh, defensive coordinator, who's a very hot head coaching candidate. And if he lands one of these, um, you, you could see uh, Lafleur and Jimmy Lyons, uh, you know, together again, the San Francisco connection. As for what they're looking for, it's going to be a long search, and it's going to be a lot of a lot of names. I think at least a dozen names have been connected with this job. So I think he's casting a wide net. And I think the most interesting part about it is I, he says he's going to – he's not married to keeping the same scheme. The Jets, of course, run that uh, Shanahan 49ers-type scheme, a West Coast offense that they had with LaFleur and, and Robert Salas saying the other day that they're, you know, he's not married to that and they're willing to open it up. So that really opens up a lot of different candidates out there. And so I couldn't even begin to name a favorite at this point because it's just so early in the search. I, I do – it's going to go on for multiple weeks. Rich, thank you for joining us. Um, 
talk to me about how attractive is this job given all the issues that they have you know we've covered the quarterback issues and you know the the front office issues but how attractive is this job do you think that they have um you know a setting in place to attract the top talent uh personally i don't think so because i mean if you look at the two key ingredients um when coordinators when you know they take a job like this they look for two things one you know the quarterback and two, job security. And right now we know the Jets really don't have their starter on the roster right now. Major question. So in terms of job security, I think everyone over at the Jets facility realizes this as well. Next year is going to be a make-or-break year for Sala and Joe Douglas. So um, that could scare away some potential candidates. Uh, so it's, it's not the most attractive job in the world. The other side of the coin is, you know, I think Woody Johnson is going to be willing to spend money to try to get some players in there. Uh, and they do have some bright young talents in, in Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and Vera Tucker. So there are some building blocks. It's just going to take a work uh, finding a quarterback, which we know is no easy task. The Jets have only been looking for one for about 50 years. And uh, they have to redo the offensive line. You know, so that's why, you know, some of the top guys might be a little hesitant to uh, – jump in with the Jets well let's 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 go right there you said looking for a quarterback um you know just to just to last week you know we were hearing we've got to push the reset button we've got to do everything we can to uh get Zach right Uh, so is this a matter of spending this offseason trying to correct all that's wrong with Zach Wilson or do you feel that they're going to go after a Derek Carr who they're going to have to give up some some draft picks for or a Jimmy Garoppolo or who knows how this plays out in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson what what, what do you see happening at the quarterback position Rich Yeah I absolutely see them going after you know one or all of those guys you know they might have a pecking order I'm sure they will have a pecking order I think ultimately Carr may end up getting released so that would save them the trouble of having to trade for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson and everything they say is they want to keep, keep him and continue to work with him, but I don't think they see him as their starter next year. I mean, you had Woody Johnson coming out the other day saying he absolutely is willing to spend a lot of money for a quarterback. So while I think maybe that got Jet fans excited, the, the flip side of it, it was like it was a kick in the rear to Zach Wilson, you know, Maybe he didn't even need the kick in the rear. He knows where he stands right now, but that certainly was not a boost of confidence for him. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a, a very good chance that Wilson will be back as the backup. Um, you could argue that why even bring him back? You know, if, if you, you know, I mean, there's probably other backups you could get, better backups. Some people might say, you know, it's time to cut bait and start over. But I, I just, you know how teams get when they draft a player highly? They're very stubborn and they don't want to admit a mistake, and I think some of that is factoring into this decision as well. Yeah, I mean, how, how big of an effect do you think that this is going to have on the immediate future for the Jets? I mean, this is a, a great defense, um, you know, uh, like a number of players, and especially you know, Sauce Gardner, first rookie named All Pro, you know, since 1981. I saw your I saw your tweet, and I appreciated the the defensive, um, you know, shout out. But like, what message is it going to send if they're not moving on from him and not continuing to move forward is is it a realistic for to think playoffs next year or no oh yeah they i mean woody johnson did not issue a playoff mandate and we ask him that question all the time and, and he always says no and i expect i'm not surprised he said no but 
if you read between the lines what he said, he absolutely expects to make the playoffs next year. He, he expected to make them this year, and why wouldn't he? I mean, they were seven and four at one time, and listen, to he, I mean, he the way he described the roster, he said we're loaded. Um, he just thinks that if they can fix the offense, the quarterback position, this team will be a team to be reckoned with. And so if Sala and Douglas don't make the playoffs next year, <clears throat> they're going to be in some serious trouble. And making the playoffs hinges on finding a competent quarterback. And they cannot go through what they went through this year. They're, I mean, it was a three quarterback. You know, they each started at least four games. It was like a revolving door. And, and then the overall quarterback play, I think the Jets ranked 28th in the league in quarterback uh, passer rating. So you, you can't go to the playoffs with that with that production from the most important position. So it is the number one priority this offseason. The decision they make and how it unfolds will affect the franchise for many years to come. Again, Rich Samini joining us. Over dramatic there. I'm being a little over dramatic, but maybe <laughs> no, it's, not because it, it's, you know, real. It's, it's a big, it's a really big decision. Mm-hmm. Again, Rich Samini joining us here on New York Game Day, ninety point seven ESPN. Um, uh, some other some other news outside, of course, uh, all the talk about Zach Wilson in in offensively. Uh, you know, Becton has has been a hot topic in in the off season as well. What 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 about him? What about Brees Hall? You know, two players coming off of injuries. Well, Brees Hall, we spoke to him for the first time since his injury in October, and he says he's ahead of schedule, and I uh, wouldn't put a timetable on it, but all signs point to him being ready for the start of the season. Um, so that's that's good. I mean, we saw the difference in the, in the Jet offense um, with Brees Hall, and I mean they went two and eight after Brees Hall's injury. So I think that tells you a little bit about his impact. And then Mekhi Becton uh, looked good. You know, he dropped some weight. I, I was told he dropped about 15 pounds in the last two weeks. He's down to about 370. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it, for him, it's, it's a lot better than 400 where he's been in the past. And, and so I think he's refocused. He realizes this is a, a make-or-break year for him. He's going into the last year of his rookie contract. Uh, there's still some concerns over that knee, I think. Um, you know, he's got that twice-repaired knee. It's only allowed him to play one game in the last two years. So that's, that's going to be a hurdle for him. Uh, so he could lose a lot of weight, but if the knee's not cooperating, then, it, then it's a problem. But I think all signs are encouraging with regard to his conditioning. So if they can get him back at left tackle, that's, uh, that's a boost to the offensive line. Looking forward, regardless of you know who's playing quarterback from, what are your expectations for Robert Sala and this, and this team next year? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, very interesting like from the moment Robert Sala walked in the door I think he spelled out he was leaning on his uh, past experience from uh, San Francisco no San Francisco didn't take off until it was their third year uh, with the Shanahan group there that the the year they went to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and lost that crushing Super Bowl to the Chiefs and so I think the way Roberts looked at this this has always been kind of like a, a gradual process you know last year was the uh, they took a lot of lumps. You know, it was a transition, rebuilding year. We're going to play all the young kids, and they only won four games. Okay, that's pretty much what we expected. This year, you know, you saw some significant improvements on defense. They allowed 188 points fewer than last season, which is the second biggest turnaround in the NFL over the last 50 years. So that's, 
that's a really big improvement on defense. So you saw those strides this year, but again, they fall short at the end. Six-game losing streak, unacceptable. And so I think it all points to next year. Next year is supposed to be the takeoff year, mm-hmm. and the pressure is there. I mean, Robert Sala is going to have to deal with a, a, an entire season of being "quote unquote" on the hot seat. Well, that, that's and why. That's why I was asking the question. My, you know, my my question to you yeah. is obviously, you know, next year is a big year for him. Where do you think he needs to be win-wise in order to secure his job for next year? Like, what is the what is the the goal? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean. I mean, look, I mean, Tampa Bay won me how many games this year and they made the playoffs. So, I mean, to put a win, you know, who knows? I mean, the Jets division is a lot better than that division. So, uh, you know, I think to say he's like, what if they, what if they go 10 and seven and they don't make the playoffs and they miss out on a tiebreaker? Is he going to get fired because they didn't make the playoffs and won 10 games? I mean, I don't know. It depends on how, how it goes, but I certainly have to have a winning record. I think another losing record is totally unacceptable. You would think he'd be in double digits next year, but again, right now they don't have a quarterback. And I think one of the what we're losing sight of is like we're trying to evaluate the Jets season this year with seven wins. I thought they'd win six or seven games this year, so they kind of fell into right where I thought. However, the number one thing for me, and I think a lot of Jets fans would agree, was the most important thing, aside from the record, was what you wanted to see, big improvement from Zach Wilson in yes. year two. And quite, quite obviously, we have not seen that. There was a regression instead of an improvement. So that's the takeaway from this year is that here they are. They're staring into the quarterback abyss once again. Two years after using the second pick in the draft on a quarterback, they're looking for another one. And that's, that's alarming. It's troubling. It's sad. And they, they got to get it figured out real quick. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. Always great uh, when you do. Enjoy the games this afternoon. Thanks. Take care, guys. You you got it. Rich Samini, uh, Flight Deck is his podcast. Make sure you check it out, especially throughout the offseason with all the changes that we can anticipate with the Jets organization. Quick break. We come back. Uh, some quick thoughts. Ryan, I see you in Pearl River. We'll get your call when we get back here as well. Right here on 90.7 ESPN. Now back to New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Matthias, let's get to our calls. We go to Ryan in Pearl River. Ryan? Awesome show there, Anita. And uh, listen, I'm a big Giant fan, and I get so revved up for these games that I actually, two hours before the game, I will read a book. I'm going to be finishing up the book, uh, Justice for All, by Greg Kelly, about his father, Ray Kelly, Vietnam veteran, the longest-running police commissioner in New York City, Raymond Kelly. I always like the phenomenal men who reach the top of their game. I'm going to read that because I, I get revved up to these games. I'm telling you, the Giants, they got, they got to get their running attack going. Daniel Jones and Barkley, get them going. Now, you know what You know what Purdy looks like? Purdy looks like the fan running on the field with the security guards and the Keystone cops chasing him. But this guy gets it done. He has the offensive weapons, you know, and that's all you want. Nick Bowser is awesome. He, he doesn't have to be on the field, Nick Bowser, because they don't even run it to his side. If you watch the game, they don't run it over him. That's the ultimate compliment. And the guys on the other side make all the tackles. They get all the glory. 49ers is a beast team. I think the Giants and 49ers are going to beat, meet in the NFC championship game. Of course, I'm going for Big Blue. But let me tell you something about the, about the 49ers. The people don't realize this. Their offensive line at least protects their quarterback, gives them some time to throw, and then Purdy gets free, gets around. There's a lot of pressure. Because let's face the facts. 
the quarterbacks run today because your offensive linemen can't block anymore, and you're running for your life out there. The team with the best offensive line, the best defense, they're going to be uh, carrying that trophy in February, and it's going to be big blue. What do you think? Ryan, thanks for the for the phone call. Appreciate it, uh, it. Matthias. <laughs> Matthias and I, as well as Mike Tannenbaum, we we've got we've got another two hours to break it all down for you, and and I promise we will. Uh, coming up, kicking off our next hour, Kevin Seifert joins us on the program. He covers the Minnesota Vikings. I had an opportunity to catch up with him uh, earlier this week, and so um, we're we're going to hear from him coming up next. Uh, also, Jordan Renan is going to join us this next hour. He is in Minnesota with the team. We'll get the latest with the Giants. They seem to be really healthy and ready to go. Also, we've got Matthias Kiwanuka's Kiwi's keys to the game. Say that fast five times. Uh, What the Giants need to do in order to win. And my locks of the week, which I'm really stoked about. Kiwi went 3-0 again last week. So I'm 38 and 16 on the season, which is 70%. I know. I can't. Somebody pinch me. Something's wrong here. I don't get it. Um, And so, and as always, Mike Tannenbaum joins us at the top of the hour at 10 a.m. So still a lot more coming your way. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN.